The first thousand days of a child's life is a once-in-a-lifetime window of brain development. This is when the foundations are laid for future learning and growth. And for children to receive what they need in this stage, parents and caregivers need support, encouragement and information. We believe churches are well positioned to be that community around families. Churches, whether big or small, rich or poor, can play a part in seeing that all children get a strong start to life. This is the Sukunya podcast aimed at helping you take those steps in strengthening families. Visit www.sukunya.org.za to find out more. Nurturing Care Framework, as outlined by the World Health Organization, describes how all children need five important building blocks for effective brain development. This podcast is part of a series of lunchtime conversations hosted by Sukunya, unpacking practical ways that we can be part of supporting families to provide these building blocks. This podcast will be looking at two of the five building blocks. Firstly, good health, and secondly, a sense of safety and security. These are essential for both baby and caregiver. Listen in to see how you can be part of the modern day village to support families in providing these to their children. Today we are going to open with some scripture um, and Ruth will share a slide with us. The scripture is Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. And it says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So as we reflect on that scripture, I'm just gonna open in prayer and just say, Father, we bring before you today this lunchtime conversation and just thank you that in every situation you're with us. I thank you, Lord, that you have your hand over all of us. You have your hand over the church services um, that Jules is running. You have your hand over the flourish classes, um, that you have your hand over the mums that uh, Flora is praying for. Um, and above all, Lord, that you have your hand over uh, the families when they experience loss. And I just pray for uh, Pastor Tembi Fati's family right now and that you would uh, be with them, strengthen them, and just uh, know, let them know that you're there with them. And Lord, we give you this time today and just pray that as we speak into these topics, um, yeah, that your word and your heart for this will be, will be seen, Lord. And we just hope that today that we can leave with some... Uh, fresh ideas and new ideas of how we can uh, continue to support families in the first thousand days. So we give this all to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the topic for today is we're continuing in our series of conversations unpacking the nurturing care framework from the WHO, World Health Organization. And today we're going to be looking at two of the building blocks. I don't know why Ruth and I decided to do this, but we decided to look at two building blocks today. Um, and that is good health and safety and security. And we're going to look at how we as a church can uh, lovingly support families, provide these to our children. Um, so we, there are five areas to the nurturing care framework. Um, as we spoke last week or a couple of weeks ago, it's um, good health, adequate nutrition, responsive caregiving, which is what we spoke into a few weeks ago. There's uh, safety and security and opportunities for early learning. Um, so we're looking at two of these building blocks. So first I'm gonna talk about good health, um, which refers to the health and well-being of the children and their caregivers, and not just the children, but also the caregivers. And why both? 
Um, so we know that the physical and mental health of caregivers can really affect their ability to care for their child. Um, so I'm just going to open up to the room and just ask, uh, what do you think good health includes? So if knowing it's for uh, mom and baby or dad and baby or caregiver and baby, what, what do you think good health includes? You can either put it in the chat box um, or if you want to unmute yourself and just shout it out, let us know. Does anybody have any ideas? I'm gonna pick, Sally Ann has said adequate sleep. Yep, <laughs> definitely. I'm sure for new moms and dads, they're gonna need some, some sleep uh, to feel mentally and physically capable to look after their children. Cindy says mind, body, and soul. Um, yes, I'm assuming you mean spiritual for the soul, body, medical, and mind, emotional support. Um, anything else? Uh, if we think to um, new babies as they're born, what are some of the, the things that we, we may just do out of habit or that we're told to do that could symbolize good health? And I'm going to look to some of the Flourish ladies. What does good health mean to, to you guys who've learned in Flourish um, in the antenatal classes? I would go, Bryony. I think with exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months, yes, mm -hmm. I would. Yeah, I would say that is nurturing to the body or to the baby. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Hazel. And that's where we interestingly see a crossover between adequate nutrition, which would be exclusive breastfeeding um, for the baby to get good health, but then we also see how it crosses over to. Uh, good health because the mental health of mom, as we know, it releases um, oxytocin and it bonds the mom and baby bond, and that's really essential for uh, for mom and baby, and especially for mom's mental health. Um, does anybody else have any other ideas they want to to shout out? Hi, um, hi, Bryony, and hi everyone. Um, I would say good health is, um, especially when it comes to pregnant moms, I would say it's attending your antenatal classes and going to all your clinic checkups so that you can see whether the baby and you are well. Um, also, um, after you have given birth, of course, continuing eating healthy because whatever that you eat as a mom, um, the baby gets through um, the actual breast milk. So it's more like a continuity of um, living a healthy life up, up until the baby has turned at least two years old. Mm. Thanks, thanks, Hansi. And and sorry we didn't get to check in with you earlier. Um, I can hear your little one with you. Um, and you're right. It is uh, the access to health services. So whether that's the uh, antenatal or postnatal checkups, it's um, also uh, if your baby falls sick. Um, so it is having access to those health services. Um, I liked how you said it's the nutrition um, and mum also taking care of herself. But you mentioned um, pregnancy and uh, afterwards as well so it is that antenatal and um, postnatal care of mum and baby um, and so as so we have mentioned a range of things but interestingly um, good health can also include family planning um, it can also include HIV testing and prevention so uh, taking the antiretrovirals to prevent the mother-to-child transmission um, 
And we, there's also, uh, if a baby um, is in kangaroo care, that's also classified for under good health. Um, so it's the essential care that they would need um, during that time. There's also immunizations, um, both of the mother and of the child, um, so that um, both are healthy. Um, and I'm sure during this time of, of COVID, we, we can understand that immunizations to keep both healthy. Um, there's also, uh, you know, we have our Road to Health book. Um, and in the Road to Health book, there is that growth chart. Um, and in that, that's part of the good health as well is uh, monitoring the growth um, and uh, making sure that the baby is, is growing healthily. There's also counseling for mental health. Um, and there's also the promotion um, of uh, well-being or healthy habits and um, healthy seeking behaviors uh, to encourage in mum. Then there's also when we look at the prevention of and treatment of different illnesses, um, you know, uh, in young children under five is diarrhea and uh, and the like. And there's also illnesses in the mum, um, preventing those those illnesses in mum. And then I think also when we look to to both pregnancy and uh, postnatal is things like the stopping of smoking and drugs and alcohol, which I know for many of us in the room today is something that we see um, in our communities and uh, trying to encourage uh, mums and dads um, who are having babies to stop that. Um, and so we also then see the care for children with uh, developmental difficulties or disabilities. And so all of this, can fall under or does fall under the good health uh, component of the nurturing care framework. Um, and it's important that everyone gets good quality health services um, and that they need, even if they're in a, a financial hardship. Um, and it's especially important that caregivers and families are able to access a full range of these services um, from the health facilities and also in their communities. Um, and these could provide, these should be things like promotion and prevention services, could be treatment, rehabilitation, and palliative care. Um, but ultimately, it's as caregivers, um, as the caregivers are mentally and physically healthy, they in turn will be able to notice and respond to when their uh, child has an illness and they'll respond in a timely manner. Um, so for good health uh, and for young children and caregivers, um, they need to, we need to be able to monitor how they are, but as I said, physically and emotionally. Um, mums need to, um, or caregivers need to respond affectionately and well to their child's daily needs. They need to protect them from danger and harm from the outside. Um, and they need to be hygienic and to minimize infections. Again, uh, a topic that is relevant for today. Um, to use health services and to both in preventing um, and treating any illness that their child may have um, and being able to get the right treatments in time. So um, if a mom is mentally and physically well herself, she'll be able to provide these uh, to her child. Um, so then thinking through if that's what the component of good health covers uh, in the nurturing care framework, what ideas do we have that we as the church or as individuals could encourage mum or caregivers to be healthy, um, as well as looking after their child's health or providing good health to their child? Um, does anybody, again, if you want to put into the chat box or if you want to unmute yourselves, if we can just think through a few ideas um, uh, for us as uh, those in the room today, 
Christ followers, flourish hosts, dads, mums, uncles, aunts. What could we do to encourage mum and dad uh, to have good health for themselves and their baby? Venetia? Hi, I'm, I'm Bryony. Normally with, with our, in our flourish visits, we look at also the stress factor and how it can possibly be managed. Because all of us have the tendency of over time um, developing sort of coping mechanisms. So we look at um, breathing exercises. We look at really just to do something that can benefit you in the long term as opposed to the shorter term mechanism. So we're looking at, at really things that you enjoy, maybe just to chat about what is stressing you out, um, take a walk maybe, um, watch your, your favorite soapy or, or just do something that, that, that is gonna help you to feel positive in the moment. So um, definitely and with, with what is currently happening around us, I feel like that is really important as to how, how you go about managing your stress. So, um, yeah. Thanks, Venetia. Yeah, and you're right. And I guess to sum that up, I'd say it's you're encouraging um, healthy or health-seeking behavior. So you're trying to change or encourage their behavior to be one of seeking good health. Like you said, to yes, go for a walk, exactly. so it's exercise yeah. or, um, yeah, as you said, to, to reduce stress. Yes, um, which is is key, um, and um, I guess it's also rec recognizing and reminding mum that every positive action uh, that she takes in pregnancy um, and also postnatally has a positive impact on herself and her baby. And I know that's yes, exactly, exactly what you're saying there. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Great, thanks, Venetia. And anybody else? I see Cindy's put in the chat box to eat real food, stay away from processed food for mum, dad, and baby. Um, so again, we, we're seeing this link across the the different nurturing care components. So there's adequate nutrition and good nutrition, um, and how that will impact the health um, of mum, baby, and dad. Thanks, Cindy, for that. And um, and we do know that the, if we eat healthy, then our body is. Uh, is healthy. Um, is there anybody else that would like to share with us? Um, maybe uh, Pastor Fati or Jules. How do you how do you think you could encourage dad uh, to be healthy and also provides uh, good health to their child? Um, I'm not sure, Jules. Is your connection okay to hear from you around how you could encourage dad around good health? I think, uh, you know, when a woman is, uh, she, when she's pregnant, she needs to go and see the doctor most of the time. And, um, you know, because the doctor, she's the one who knows how the child inside, in the womb, the way she's growing. Yeah. And... Uh, we need really as a church to, to really speak to the, the women, to encourage them to go see the doctor. And uh, after that, uh, to follow the advice, everything the doctor is, is speaking. And then on our side, as a church, we need also to, su to support ladies who are pregnant by praying for them. And uh, if they don't have enough 
we can try also to help according to what we have. And also, you know, there is stuff of maternity. Maybe the, the couples, they don't have enough as a church. We need really to come tr to try to support the family. I think mm -hmm. that is the role of the church is to support the family. Yeah, during that hard period, because, you know, you know, when a woman is pregnant, even the behavior change sometimes, in, even the way of eating change, there is other food she can, she cannot, you know, accept, and there is food she can like. Maybe she can like food, which is maybe expensive. The husband doesn't have enough money to buy that food. You know, yeah. there is also other medication that uh, the doctor always, you know, say that we must buy this, we must buy this. Sometimes, you know, going during this time of COVID, a lot of family are struggling. And then as a church, we need really to try and help. You yeah. know, the church where I am, we have that, uh, small contribution that we call two plus five. And then after the offering, you know, the main offering, we have the second offering. In that second offering, we have, we need to put, if you have two rand in your wallet or five rand you put in that basket, in that money, if it's a lot, we try to not to meet the need in the community it's okay. what we are doing that sounds interesting it sounds like a good way of supporting your community um, mm. by your whole congregation coming around your yeah, families but what i love about um your you jules and also your church is that you're saying you're encouraging fathers um, and you're speaking into fatherhood and the role that they play in the child's life and uh, what we heard during our fatherhood uh, series um, and what we're hearing more and more is also that the father can encourage the mum. And even if they're not living together or um, they're not in a relationship anymore, the father can still encourage and support uh, the mum. So perhaps, as you said, the mum needs to be the one that she has to go to the doctor. She, you know, she's the one that actually has to go for those clinic visits. The father could uh, go with her and take her along or he could encourage her to go um, and affirm or be supportive of the fact that she is um, adopting good health-seeking behavior but also we as the church um, it doesn't necessarily always have to be um, a financial contribution we give um, the mums and dads but more just being that support for example again say um, the mum needs to go to the doctor it's saying I'll come with you um, and so you know walking with mum to the clinic and and supporting her as she goes uh, to the clinic and it's it's encouraging that good health-seeking behavior by accompanying her or by um, affirming her and saying, well done for going to do that and well done for sitting in the in the queues and you know, going to have your, your checkup. Um, and it really is reminding her that every positive um, action she takes, it has a positive impact on her baby. And I also see, um, you know, there's different challenges that our communities have. Um, and so Venetia said that in her community, 
uh, smoking is a lifestyle. And so she encourages mums to smoke less or stop if they are able to whilst pregnant, um, but without being judgmental. And I think that's uh, one of the key things, Venetia. So thanks for sharing that, is that um, when stress is high, like in COVID now, we are seeing more and more people adopting unhealthy um, practices to try cope with stress, like drinking drugs and smoking. And so when a mum falls pregnant, it is really being able to give that advice to her um, around stopping during pregnancy. But then it, at the end of the day, it is mum's choice. And so it's still lovingly supporting her through her decisions, but helping her to make some well-informed and wise decisions. Um, and so I love the fact that you say that you do that without being judgmental. Um, and so uh, we, we as a church can really try and support uh, mums and dads and families uh, to have good health-seeking behaviour and to have good health for mum, um, but also good health for, for dads and for the baby. Um, and so because what we're seeing is that, you know, mum, as I've mentioned, mum really does need to be in a good mental health, um, emotional health and physical health. Uh, to be able to then provide good health to her baby. Um, so for example, just, you know, if mum may be anemic, um, it may cause apathy or tiredness and it makes them less able to engage and responsively care for their, their child. Um, and so the, the baby could end up getting sick and uh, undernourished or frequently ill. And so the mum doesn't care in the way that she would if she herself was um, physically well. And so we start seeing this link across all the, the components of the nurturing care framework. Um, that's really important. They're all intertwined. Um, and so as, a, as I said, the nurturing care framework means that uh, we need to pay attention to the health and well-being of the caregivers as well as as the children and so with that um, that's under good health um, and I encourage you to go have a look at um, our website we're going to talk into resource just now but we've got a lot more into the building block of good health uh, within the first thousand days and I'm going to hand over to Ruth now to do safety and security. Thanks Bryony. Um, so good to see you all today. And as Brownie said, we are touching on two different parts. And as much as we are trying to ensure the good health of both mom and baby, this is really tied quite closely into ensuring the safety and security um, of mom and baby, that they are safe and secure from harm, protected from harm. And as we know, young children and young babies cannot protect themselves and are vulnerable to unanticipated danger, physical pain and emotional stress. And so this building block refers to and includes um, looking at the safety and security of the environment of the children and their family. It includes the physical dangers, the emotional stress, the environmental risks, and as well as access to food and water. Uh, and so there's quite a lot to unpack when we look at safety and security. And as we were Looking at this topic in preparation, Brian and I realized how many layers there are to safety and security. And so it would be great to hear from you as you think about protection from harm and safety and security in the first thousand days. What, is, what do you feel is included in there? Um, what does it practically mean for us to ensure that children are feeling safe and secure, that they are protected from harm? What are the things we need to consider in there when we think about this area, what do children need in this space? So 
let's unpack safety and security more. You're welcome to unmute yourself, put it in the chat box. What does safety and security mean to you? Sure, maybe if I can just quickly jump in. Um, for me, safety and security is if mom and dad um, are sort of stable, mm -hmm. then there's a level of safety and security, mm -hmm. but I'm not quite sure just how easy it's, that's easy to say. And that's very broad as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, for me, it, it's more about um, making sure that the emotional security is there because then I think it is easier to deal with any other security issues. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know, whatever the area um, entails. So if there's drunkenness and mom and dad aren't feeling safe, well, then baby's not going to feel safe or the family isn't going to feel safe. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if that helps. Mm. But what I hear is there's a, there's a security in that relationship, a stability in, in mom and dad um, that can provide a stability for the children. Am I hearing you correctly? Yes, I think um, irrespective of the physical threats outside, um, if, if we can maintain a sense of emotional stability, then I think it is easier to deal with the physical. But sometimes that's easier to say when the physical can be life-threatening or whatever. Um, right, right. Good. Thanks, Cindy. Venetia, I saw you had your hand up. Do you want to add to that? Yeah. Um... Yesterday, we in, in, in one of my visits, we were talking about the ordinary magic of a mom, just the everyday things in the way that you interact with your baby. And it did came up about um, making sure providing that safe space and, and mm -hmm. thinking about it physically as just if you are a mom of a small baby, you, your instinct is just to care for that child and to make sure um, that that child is safe. So for example, you're not gonna, if you know your baby is rolling over already, you're not gonna lay your baby on the edge of the bed and put your baby um, at risk um, in that way. So it's just the ordinary things, it's your instinct that takes over and just in the way that you are making um, sure that your baby is safe and protected because they can't do it for themselves. And also a, a baby that feels protected and that is uh, safe um, doesn't have to waste any brain power of having to, to, to fight for themselves and having to take care for themselves and then can just thrive in an environment where they know they are loved, they are cared for, they are safe and mom and dad can be trusted um, with me the same. Completely. You've said it so beautifully, Venetia, and I love the fact that you're saying it's, it's something instinctual in us that we want to protect. We want to make sure baby is safe. Um, and I think as you said, that rolling off the bed, I was thinking of how many people are scared to even interact with a small newborn baby, because what if I drop it, right? Um, we're scared we're going to hurt this thing because they seem so vulnerable and so fragile that what if I hurt this baby that we want to protect, we want to. Um, and so just thinking through those everyday things, how do I make my home safe? How do I protect my baby from those things that they might pick up and put in their mouth, that they might roll off the bed? It's thinking through those um, but that the child feels that they are safe and loved and cared for, so their needs are being met. I can trust this environment. It's a safe environment. And you, you're completely right. A child thrives in a space, their brain thrives in a space where they're not just trying to 
protect themselves and survive, but they know their needs are being met and they're being cared for well. So thank, very well said, Venetia. Thank you. Um, Selalyn? Oh, I wanted to add on that and always being there, just avail yourself for your children. Mm -hmm. Always be there emotionally, physically, always, be, uh, always being there. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. Because, you know, sometimes you need um, someone that's going to tell you that I'm always here and they always they mm. so that counts a lot also in security mm. Mm. beautiful i'm always there i'm never going to leave you that sense that the child knows there's consistency i'm not going to be abandoned i'm not going to be left alone i'm always there and i think a parent's role all the way through a child's life is that that the child can always come back to mom or dad or caregiver and know this is a safe space even if as cindy you're saying maybe the external environment or my community might not be safe but I know I can consistently come back to my parent, my loving, the loving adult in my life, mom, dad, granny, auntie, whoever's caring for me and know they're always there. They're not going to leave me um, is so important. I see Flora wrote, for me, it means a child needs love. If a child feels that he's loved, he feels safe. Um, and so, again, as we're seeing, those, the building blocks are all coming together, responsive caregiving love is all part of the safety and security and be able to trust my environment, be able to be safe. Um, but there's also some practical things we need to think through around safety and security. Um, so a very practical thing is a child needs a birth certificate. We need to register our children for, for birth. So encouraging mom straight after birth, have you gone to home affairs? Um, have you registered your baby? Now in COVID, that's more complicated. Maybe she needs a little bit of help. This is an important part of actually protecting our children that they have that. Um, good hygiene practices in the home, in our community, at our churches is also protecting our children. And this is being highlighted again with, with COVID. And then air pollution, clean environments, hazardous chemicals, these things for both pregnant women and young children are vulnerable to these environmental risks. And so trying to see is, our, is the area that mom is working in or at home or in the community, is it safe from pollutants? And how? what could we potentially do to keep that space clean? And um, uh, has these harmful chemicals been taken away? Um, even with a toddler, maybe it's just even moving the cleaning stuff out of a cupboard and out of reach, making sure there's no dangerous chemicals around. And that there's a safe space for families and children to play in. Um, and sometimes this is a, needs to we need to think carefully around this safe space that the safe space might be a park it might be a church hall community hall might be in the home but where's these safe spaces that families can find and um, where they they aren't threats to them and then looking for how we can prevent violence um, is also important how do we protect our families and our children from violence and this is a big topic that we need to unpack more but how do we create safety from that Included in safety and security is also um, social grants and social care, especially for people where um, in very low income spaces where finance is a problem, that social assistance is, is vitally important to help um, care for baby and for mom. And so that is one way to provide safety. And then also supporting families where there might be foster care or adoption. Um, how do we come around those families? So we see that this Creating a consistent space is vitally important um, and wrapped into all these practical things is that there's a responsive care, caring adult. Um, 
and that this child knows that they're going to be cared for consistently, that they can trust. And we see that where children don't receive this, it creates toxic stress for them. They can live with a lot of fear and a lot of stress that um, they have to be fearful of the environment. They mistrust adults, especially where there's harsh punishment and they're getting hit by by sticks and belts and objects, this harsh punishment can also teach them that I can't trust this world, it's not safe. Um, and toddlers are very vulnerable to this type of harsh, threatening environment. And so really encouraging our parents and caregivers to provide a safe space where the child isn't threatened, um, where they can explore freely and they can explore safely. Remember they're learning. So opening a drawer and unpacking the plastic drawer is part of them learning. and. Um, coming down harshly on the child for doing that can actually have a negative impact on their ability to explore and learn from the environment around them. So I want to ask another question um, before we cl close out for today. As we look at our church communities and as we look at how we as people who are caring for parents and adults, how do we, what role can we play in helping parents protect their children? In providing the safety and security? What are some practical things that we can think through and do as church communities, as individuals caring for families? What are some of the things that we can help that um, will, will help parents? Does anybody have any ideas that they could add into there? What can we practically do? Daphne? We must support the families. Hi. Hi, I can hear Yes, I think we must support the families which we have in the church and support them. If they have some problems, then as a church, you must be there for them so that they, they can take care of their children, of their babies. Perfect. Thank you, Daphne. And what I'm, I'm going to add on to what you're saying there is that we are supporting parents as they support their children. And so there's a sense of us role modeling for our parents, the safe environment that as a child would come to their parent, they can, the parent or the adult has somewhere to go that they feel safe and they can go to somebody for help. If they're feeling overwhelmed by a situation or they, they can go to somewhere safe and we are role modeling the safe environment to them in a way that they would provide that for their children. Um, anybody else want to add? Um, I think again, uh, it starts with you, mm -hmm. maybe be, uh, you being nice to yourself and then being nice to someone else, to, mm -hmm. to all the moms. Mm -hmm. And then also them, they can also support other moms, you know? Mm -hmm. So it starts with me, me being nice mm -hmm. to myself and then I'm, mm -hmm. I'm able to be nice to them. And then when I be nice to other moms, I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to tell them that every time if they need support, I'm only a phone call away. If it's not a phone call, even a call back, whenever you need me, my school pain. The most thing that you can do to, to, to moms is being nice. Besides you giving them money and whatever that they need, but you being nice and being supportive and always being there. I love that, being nice. And I'm going to add, add on what you're saying there about being nice. It's, it really is showing that respectful, kind, safe space for mom in your relationship, that the way that you're moving towards her in your kindness, um, your, it, it says so much that you're creating safety in your relationship with her 
she doesn't feel judged Yo. because of your kindness towards her um, and that allows her to feel safe. Jules, mm. you're adding on to that? Yeah. I think uh, us as a church, what uh, my own experience with uh, my children I'm a father of five children, three girls and two boys. And uh, originally, I'm not uh, from South Africa. And then when we arrived in South Africa, my children were so young. They went to the, to, they were so, so young. They went to the school, they started with the colored, the white, and the, and, uh, the blacks, the black people. My problem was, and my concern was to pray for my children every day. Every day. I was praying for my children every day. Today, I can give a testimony how God helped my children. And the area where I was staying, it was a colored area where people are smoking, doing drugs, do stealing and doing these things. My children grow up with the friend colored, but they didn't get involved in, in, uh, in what other children they were doing, smoking, doing drugs or doing any funny stuff because of the power of prayer. Prayer is working. That is a testimony I can give to you, yeah. Thank you, Jules. And so I, I'm going to, yeah, pray. We pray that God protects us and protects our children, that he gives mm. us wisdom to protect our children. Yes. Um, that yes. in unsafe environments, and um, yes. there are so many different things that could potentially harm our children mm. that we don't have control of as parents, that we yes. pray for God's protection over our children. Mm. And that is something powerful, that we believe God can protect our children. So thank you for sharing that. The other thing that we want to add in there is one of the things that we as church communities can do is really think through our child protection policies. And in uh, South Africa, we have the Children's Act, which is looking to see how do we protect children and saying we need to, as churches, also think about our spaces um, and our volunteers and how do we create a physical and emotional safe space? Are our volunteers screened? Um, do we have policies for our volunteers? Um, do we have policies around photographs of children? Um, how do we protect our children, police screening of our volunteers, etc. And so we're going to share with you some resources around child protection. And there's a couple of organizations here in Cape Town that we're aware of that help churches to put together child protection policies to really think about how do we prevent harm from our children? How do we mitigate harm? How do we be responsible and wise and respectful of those that we are serving in our church communities, that we're thinking through the small and the big things as far as it comes to protecting our children and keeping our families safe. And so this is something that we feel is important as part of being a first thousand day friendly church is do you have a child protection policy? Have you thought through how you can keep your families and your children safe within your church building and outside 
um, that they can be protected from harm. So we'll be sharing those with you. Bryony has put some of those links in the chat and we'll put them in the resource at the end. Um, but this is a very big topic around how do we keep our children safe and how do we role model safe environments for our children? How do we pray for our families? How do we use wisdom to keep our families and our children safe and to encourage and affirm parents? I know as a parent myself, I can have sleepless nights sometimes with the anxiety of, are my children safe? And so there's also a sense of encouraging our parents and praying with our parents as they, as we can worry, mothers, we can worry, fathers, we can worry, my child's sick, and we can be very concerned, children are in hospital, in ICU, how can we show compassion to our moms and to our dads as they have concerns for their children who might be sick or who might be at risk of harm? And so I encourage you to move towards the families, create those safe spaces that they can talk to you where they're feeling concerned, where they're feeling stressed and anxious about the health and safety of their children, that they can feel like there's someone I can speak to. I'm not alone in this tall task of protecting my children and keeping them healthy. So um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining this lunchtime conversation. I encourage you to keep having this conversation, talk to your parents and to your families in your churches and those that you're supporting about this important topic, unpack it. There's so much more to talk about. We will be sharing with you some other helpful resources. And if somebody needs to be referred to a service to get extra support, we will also put together, send you the helpful contacts of organizations that are there to support families where they need extra support and referral. Um, so I'm going to close in prayer for us, and uh, yeah, let me pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are our protector. I thank you that you are protecting each and every one of us, that you are walking with us, that we can pray for protection, that you are there to help us to care for our children. And we pray that as we support families, support moms and dads, as we show them kindness, as we show them warmth, as we we love and care for them, that they would feel safe and in turn be able to provide that safe space for their, for their children. And so we pray that you'd help us to find wise ways to engage with our families that will help them to care for their own health, to care for the health of their children, to seek healthy behaviours and to seek the safety and protection of themselves and their children, Lord. We think of those who are particularly in environments that are very unsafe. And we pray that you would protect our children, that you would protect them from harm, and that you'd strengthen the hands of the parents in those spaces, that those families would be strengthened and would have courage to protect their children. And we thank you for this time, and we pray that you would go with each and every one of us and that you would keep us safe and healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in today to the Sakunya podcast. We trust it has given you ideas of what you can be doing to support families in the first thousand days. Have a look at the links in the podcast description to access resources mentioned in this recording. And remember to go to sakunya.org.za to find out more and take further steps in strengthening families so that all children can get a strong start to life.